Welcome to the WP Tonic This Week in WordPress and SaaS podcast, where Jonathan Denwood interviews the leading experts in WordPress, e-learning, and online marketing to help WordPress professionals launch their own SaaS. Welcome back, folks, to the WP Tonic show this week in WordPress and SaaS. We've got a great interview here with Mark Elliott. He's a cybersecurity expert, worked for the CIA and other government entities. It's going to be a fascinating chat. So, Mark, can you quickly introduce yourself to the WP Tonic? Give us a 20, 30 second intro about yourself and your company. Absolutely. Jonathan, thank you so much for inviting me here. Uh, so I currently run Comar Cyber, and we are a company that does uh, cybersecurity training and consulting. Um, career-wise, I, I started out in the State Department, in the Foreign Service years ago, back in uh, the 90s, um, uh, pretty much pre-internet, as, as we know the internet commercially today. Uh, and then after that, in the late 90s, as the internet was really taking off, I, I left to start an internet company that focused on uh, cyber privacy and cybersecurity. Um, the, the idea was to actually have an ISP that would let people surf anonymously and for free and send encrypted emails. Uh, this was decades ago, of course, and, and investors didn't really understand the value of internet privacy back then. So uh, it, was, it was rough sledding. Um, then moving along, uh, the, the internet, uh, there was the big internet bubble, the internet crashed, and then after that, uh, 9-11 happened. So um, after 9-11, I thought, i got to see if I can actually apply some of my skills to, uh, to these pressing international problems and uh, cybersecurity in the realm of uh, international security. So uh, I applied to the CIA and uh, they accepted me. Uh, I was a case officer for a number of years there. Um, conventionally out in, in, in the mainstream media, the common media, uh, they would call us spies. But we actually <laughs> we actually run spies. <laughs> we were the people who recruit spies. Uh, but, uh, but that's fine. If anybody wants to call me that, that's, uh, that's fine. I won't stand on principle on that. But uh, in any event, so that's that's what I did for a number of years. So I went through all the standard uh, case officer training, um, learned how to to uh, to do all the the spy stuff, uh, and then uh, worked uh, for a number of years. But my specialty was was cyber. So uh, did uh, a range of things uh, in the cyber realm. But as it related to the human side of it, again, um, looking for people with uh, access to, to cyber information, that type of thing. Oh, well, that, that's great. So um, we'll delve more into your past, sure, past absolutely. in the interview. So, Andrew, would you like to quickly introduce yourself to the tribe? Sure. I'm Andrew Palmer from Bertha.ai, and it's an AI copywriting WordPress assistant built into WordPress so you can write where you work. That's great. And before we go into the main meat and potatoes of this great interview, we've got a small break. And for our major sponsors, we'll be back in a few moments, folks. Allow us to introduce you to Castos, our major sponsor. If you're looking to get into podcasting, Castos is for you. No penalties on the amount of downloads and the support, should you need it, is the best in the industry. Take a look at Castos for your podcasting solution. That's castos.com, castos.com. The importance of backing up your WordPress website cannot be emphasized enough. 
We use BlogVault to help us do this on a daily basis. With free staging, migrations, and on the pro plans, malware scanning, and auto fix, BlogVault is the professional's choice when managing just one website or many. Go to blogvault.com and see for yourself. You seriously won't find a better, more complete solution. That's blogvault.com, blogvault.com. We're coming back. I just want to point out that some of our sponsors have got some great special offers for you, the tribe. To get access to these offers and some great recommendations around plugins, services, and anything else that you might find useful, all you have to do is go over to WPTonic slash recommendations, and all the goodies are there. So, Mark, um, obviously, it's interesting times we're living in, and cybersecurity, to say that it's in the news almost every day would be a slight understatement. What do you see as some of the biggest threats and things on the radar that keep you up at night yourself? I know you're a sound sleeper, Mark. But, uh, <laughs> um, uh, what are some of the things that you think are really on your radar at the present moment when it comes to cybersecurity? Jonathan, that's a great question. And it's a lot of the same things that we've been facing for a number of years now. Uh, ransomware, phishing, uh, boss impersonation, those types of things. Uh, the, the thread that they all have in common, though, is that almost all of these are human factors threats. Uh, these are not esoteric zero-day hacks, that type of thing that uh, highly trained hackers are using to, to breach companies or, or individual systems. Uh, these are things that, that can be defended against and, and certainly in terms of um, companies should be defended against as a matter of policy. But again, it, it comes down to the, the human factors. It's things like social engineering, uh, people tricking or, or uh, attackers tricking employees into giving away passwords or access that they shouldn't have, uh, those types of things. Um, phishing uh, scams. And again, the boss impersonation types of things like I talked about. Uh, if you don't have policies in place in your company to, to, to verify when, when certain types of directives are given, that's a human problem. It's not even a cyber problem, but of course it, it leads to a cyber problem because it opens the door to it. Um, you can have the most secure castle in the world, uh, but uh, but if you leave the front gate open, it's not going to be secure for very long. Uh, in terms of new threats for individuals, I would say uh, the one new thing, in addition to the all the standard old things, ransomware and and, and social engineering, uh, QR code hijacking. Uh, I would say that's a that's a fairly new thing, and that comes out of uh, the, the the time during the pandemic. Of course, still largely in a, in the pandemic. But uh, but before people were going, uh, or I should say now that people are going back out to restaurants and places, it's it's very popular to not give people physical menus, for example. Yeah. You just give them the QR code, right? So uh, not to not to give any any ideas to to potentially bad actors, but it would be a pretty straightforward thing to print out your own QR code, paste it over top of uh, you know the tabletop or or the menu, what what have you. Um, and then direct people maliciously to your own website and steal their money, make it look like they're ordering something and yeah, that, that type of thing. Uh, so there are all kinds of, of things that you can do with, with QR codes in a malicious factor, uh, in a malicious way. Uh, so again, I, I would say that that's a big threat for individuals and I'd caution everybody just to be careful uh, right when they put their camera on the QR code, 
just make sure you know where it's taking you to before you click. That's great. Over to you, Andrew. That's a great tip. I mean, you know, we, we've got um, a question here that, that's um, you've obviously had a little bit of a a, a pre-view uh, of these. But WordPress, and I'm going to just slightly reword this, WordPress and open source software are seemingly not as secure as they could be if people don't take the measures that are recommended by developers and or hosts. Um, what do you what do you think? What are your general views on that? That WordPress is not secure, and I'll I'll just put mine is that it is secure as long as you have a firewall on your server, as long as you put some security software on there, whatever. But it is generally down to the individual. Are you are you similarly minded, Andrew? You hit the nail on the head. It comes down to the individual. It's a lot like uh, flying in a sense. Uh, if you're an amazing pilot, and say you were in the Air Force and you were a test pilot and you flew for for decades. And then you want to, to fly your own personal Cessna around to take you from place to place? Great. You're probably well qualified and you know exactly what to do when you're better than, than most pilots. If you're short of that kind of a standard, maybe you should uh, take United Airlines or American or whatever whatever company you want to take. But take a, a mainstream carrier. And so so I, I would say it depends on the individual. Um, and if you're going to run a site like uh, like a WordPress site on your own, I mean, I, I've dabbled in it a bit. It's a beast. It's a beast. And now, you know, I, I absolutely would want to leave that to professionals. So I'd say, yeah, if you're a professional, absolutely, you can run those things securely um, or as securely as possible within a certain level of risk. Uh, and if you're not, you should probably consider leaving it up to them. In terms of the overall security of something like WordPress, uh, versus, say, proprietary, uh, the whole proprietary versus open source software sure. debate, that comes to down to the question of um, it's two different things. Uh, with open source, one advantage is you've got far more eyes on the problem. You've mm. got tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people who are are, are capable of getting into the code and, and really looking at it. And uh, and they also have a community that's motivated by more than just profit. They, they really love the software, um, you know, Red Hat and things like that, or Linux, I should say. Uh, so so you've got you've got more eyes on the problem that can spot bugs. And, and, and in general, the open source software organizations or companies can uh, get those patches out a lot faster to sure. the community. Uh, if you've got a private sector or I should say a, a, a proprietary company doing it, depends on the company. If it's a small to medium sized company, they're not particularly good. They're, they care more about their, per, their profits than, than anything else. Maybe they'll sit on a patch longer than than an open source. Yeah, it's, uh, it's funny that you say that, Mark, because isn't hasn't there over the past couple, past eighteen months, there've been some major stories about companies that have known that they've got some major security problems right. and they've just sat on it. Is right. that is that yeah. correct? Absolutely. Absolutely. As well as companies that should have known better, that should have had better security implementation like SolarWinds. I mean, that's just a classic. Yeah, that's the one that comes to mind, Mark. Can you yeah. give a, can you give a quick outline of what that was? Sure, sure. So so SolarWinds, it appears that it was it was compromised by a, a foreign threat actor, likely a foreign government threat actor. And and I'll admit that's a high level threat. Um but but part of the issue was in terms of it seems that their their review of their software was not as thorough and their their internal process for for checking 
uh, the, the security of their software was not where it should have been. And then, of course, when all the, the, uh, the, the, the revelations came out, they, I believe they tried to blame it on a low-level staffer, maybe even an intern, for, for having a bad password. And uh, that's just not... That's just not acceptable. Yeah. Uh, so, so yeah, absolutely. They're, they're playing. What, 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 what was their software? What did it, because it, that was the problem. It was utilized in the stack of a lot of IT. Mm-hmm. A companies. lot of IT companies and, and the U S federal government too. So that was, that was a big problem. Uh, possibly a problem for, for national security when you get to that level. So, so right. It affected a, a great deal of people uh, and organizations the corollary, the corollary to that is uh, you take a look at a company like Apple. Um, nobody can see the proprietary software that Apple runs in terms of its security. It's really hard to judge as an outsider, but Apple has a tremendous reputation. You can look at the people they hire and you can look at their track record and their commitment to security. Uh, so, yeah, I would say that y- you can be safe using proprietary. You can be safe using open source but you have to take different types of precautions. So I think in general, what you're saying is you've got to really take it on a case-to-case basis. You can't just draw a broad open sources, not secure priority software. It's much more diverse than that. That's right. Exactly. I've got a follow few questions. I'm going to drop question three because I think it would be duplicating question two, but... Um, it's a follow-through question. Am I? Would you agree that these gangs, these um, criminal organisations, do you think the, that a lot of them are kind of quasar government-supported, i.e. they're based in Russia, China, North Korea, other countries? America. Um, and do you think... That they they are freelancers, but they are also in some way supported by these governments in a kind of bounty or when they crack that they are they are supported and also have the protection of the, of these governments because they are also useful to some degree. Is, yeah. Am I on the right track, Mark? Spot on, Jonathan. Spot on. Uh, and and there there are multiple different arrangements that that these types of gangs have. So in in certain countries, these gangs are just allowed to operate freely as long as they don't go after members of that country, that type of thing, or or neighboring countries that they're they're allied with. Um, and and then sometimes they have to pay a percentage of their profits to the government, like protection money, kind of like a protection racket. Um, other times they are they are forced to work for the government because the government has caught these guys hacking uh, illegally and and they say, look, you used to do it for yourself, now you're going to do it for us. Uh, and they're they're not formally part of the government but they're but they're absolutely doing things on on behalf of uh, their government whether they want to or not all this has been proven out time and time again in open source reporting uh, i don't think there's any doubt about that so so we uh here in the u.s are are, are, are kind of at a disadvantage in terms of going against a setup like that or defending against something like that because we're used to either having a, a binary threat of something like is it a government threat or a criminal threat? Yes, or no, that type of thing. But now you're looking at something that's that's in between, and they've got the protection, the legal protection of uh, living in another country and doing their attacks from there. Yeah, the reason 
I asked you this question because we're going to go for a break soon, mm-hmm. is that I think there's this perception that it's still some teenage hacker in a basement. And some of it, some of it is. There was a notorious case in the UK. Um, he hacked into a number of US states and he'd got Alzheimer's syndrome and there was a drawn-out case. Um, And there's been a couple others. But in general, this idea that it's a teenager or some skilled hacker, the reality is it's large teams, quasar under the support of governments. Is that – would you agree with that, Mark? There, there, uh, yeah, absolutely. There are a number of uh, different groups and gangs out there that do uh, this type of work, uh, almost to the the point of being fairly corporate about them. Um, uh, emails that have been that have been captured by by I guess I don't know counter hackers, white hat hackers. Uh, they've they've seen how these guys talk about uh, salaries and and money and, and getting vacation time, things like that. So no, these are very well organized gangs. Um, Reminds me of my time in uh, Bogota, Colombia, decades ago now, and you had gangs kidnapping people uh, down there for profit, and and a lot of that was a very corporate type of thing. And it's a, am I correct? Also, like um, I think it's been documented to some degree that in North Korea, the they literally their armed forces and depart. They actually um, they actually sell services. They sell they sell um, groups of their hackers that are actually in the North Korean army, and they sell it on the open market as a as a resource. Have I, have I said me right about that? Uh, interesting. I, I've got to admit, I had not heard about that about the North Koreans selling their services out on the uh, the black market, but. Uh... Uh, it seems plausible, um, and and they certainly do have uh, hacker units, and and the FBI, you know, has indictments out for uh, a, a number of them, and and they even apparently know some of them by name. So, pretty fascinating work. Pretty fascinating. Right. Well, well, if you want, uh, if you want conspiracy theories, Jonathan, you're right, right, right here. <laughs> most of it's right. That's the, that's the amazing thing. It just gets more and more interesting. Sure, uh, sure. Um, so we're going to go for our break. We'll be back in a few moments with this fascinating discussion. We'll be back soon, folks. Build next-generation WordPress forms with WS Form, the only fully responsive, no-code form plugin. Choose from over 60 feature-rich field types, conditional logic, repeaters, calculations, and more than 65 integrations to build intuitive, accessible forms. Upgrade your form plugin today at wsform.com. Use coupon code WPTONIC for 20% off any WS Form edition. Hey, it's Ben's from LaunchFlows.com. If you've been looking for a fast and easy way to create powerful sales funnels on WordPress, then look no further than LaunchFlows. In just minutes, you can easily create instant registration, upsells, downsells, order bumps, one-click checkouts, one-time offers, custom thank you pages, and best of all, no coding is required. For as little as $50 per year, you can own and control your entire sales funnel machine with Launch Flows. Get your copy today. Hey, 
Tribe, are you trying to scale your agency but struggling to find time to work on your business because you're always stuck working in your business? Head over to focuswp.co where you can subscribe to an instant team of white label geeks and creatives to delegate to. Use code WPTONIC for a special discount just for the tribe. With Focus WP, you don't have to worry about hiring, firing, or any other HR nightmares. Just submit a ticket and your new team will dive in. Focus on what you love, outsource the rest. We're coming back. We've been delving in the world of hacking and in what we say in the UK, the spooks. That's a nick, Mark, that's a nickname for spies. Uh, um, in the world of spooks. Uh, um, just want to point out that I do a great newsletter. Um, it's really about based on all the stories of the Friday Roundtable show. Um, also, I do a personal uh, editorial um, I try and make, choose a really interesting news story of the week. To get this, all you have to do is go over to WPTonic slash newsletter and you'll be able to sign up for that. And it'll be in your inbox around Sunday. So let's go on. Um, another thing that's been talked a lot and um, it's covered by a particular cat fr- cat, catchphrase and it's called surveillance capitalism um i would imagine you know this term it's basically a whole industry has been built about surveilling people from every second that they're online um i can't pronounce her name it's um she's got a quite unpronounceable name for me um, shoshana shall i do it for you yes can you actually shoshana duboff duboff Um, She popularised this in her book. Um, Do you agree with some of her ideas and this concept of surveillance capitalism, Mark? Absolutely. I I agree with pretty much all of it. I read her book. It was fantastic. I was was literally walking down the street, saw just the book in the window of a bookstore, saw the title, and I said, yeah, I've I've got to read that. Um, And it it was fantastic because... I've been grappling with uh, these ideas literally uh, since uh, decades ago. And uh, back then, I remember talking to a, a friend of mine who said, hey, I don't mind Google having all of my data. I just don't want the government to have all of my data. I said, well, therein lies the rub. The, the issue is that companies like Google and others, I'm not going to pick on them, uh, but uh, all these companies in, the, in these spaces that collect data on us, they do it far more efficiently than the government ever could. And they do it uh, legally because you're volunteering to give the data to these companies, right? Um, and then if the government wanted that data, all it now needs to do is just go to Google or any other company, Facebook or Twitter, with a warrant and say, okay, now we'd like Jonathan's data. Mm-hmm. So, we- Well, I'm going to put to you, isn't the relationship, and um, Andrew's going to laugh at this, isn't the relationship even a bit more tighter than that? You know, aren't, we've discussed these foreign governments and their relationship with these foreign um, gangs, whatever you want to call them. But isn't the relationship with Amazon, Google and the other tech even more closer with the government and the quasar security services of Western governments to some degree, aren't they quite useful and their relationship is quite in bed with one another? 
Are you talking? Are you sorry, Mark? I'm going to just add to this question. Sure. Are you talking about tax breaks? Maybe if, like, the government. <laughs> well, then you know, Google is obviously, obviously Google's a very mobilistic entity, much more than Microsoft was in the '90s. But there is no movement to threaten their monopoly and break them up. I only presume the reason is that they're protected to some extent because they're very useful to certain entities in the U.S. government. Jonathan, no, that, that's an interesting, an interesting theory indeed. And and let's un, let's unpack it. And and here's here's how I go about doing that. Uh, you take a look at a few things. For example, uh, uh, not too long ago, a number of Google engineers said that they refused to work on a project because it went to the Department of Defense and they didn't want to be involved in militaristic things. Uh, had the, if the government had some kind of a, a thumb on Google, they could have just suppressed all of that. It would have never come to light and you know, they'd be making whatever it is that they wanted for them. Uh, the other thing is uh, the, the companies are quite independent in terms of what they're allowed to do under our laws. Uh, if, look, if there's some kind of a secret agreement with the government and those companies, I certainly don't know about it. But, uh, but again, as far as I know and as far as I've seen, um, if the government wants data from, from those companies, they have to go with a warrant through an actual legal process. There's got to be a certain bar uh, for for that uh, process to start, it can't just be on a whim. And again, there are a number of, of examples where social media companies or tech companies uh, have actually refused the government uh, on on things that that were quite significant. Like for example, when Apple refused to unlock the phone of uh, of two uh, people who had uh, committed terrorist shootings uh, a number of years ago. Uh, they they refuse to do that. You would think that if if the again the government had some kind of a backdoor or some kind of a secret alliance with them, out of all, any case, that would be kind of a no brainer. Hey, give us the information on these phones so that we can maybe prevent another terrorist attack. That type of thing. But whereas all they all they really needed to do to unlock those phones is go to the local mobile guy in the shopping mall, <laughs> <laughs> like yeah, the rest of us do. Maybe maybe. <laughs> But uh, but in any event, so so that that's that's my concept on. Yeah, sure, Mark. Yeah. Over to you, Andrew. Well, you know, this is going to be the last question because unfortunately, I've got a meeting that I must, I must attend at five thirty-ish. You know, I can be a minute or so late, and I know Jonathan's got it, and I know you're a busy guy as well. But um, I'm not going to go to question six. But it, so there's been a lot of talk about TikTok, yeah. Chinese company grabbing data it actually can uh, you know when you allow tiktok to be an app on your phone it can scan the whole of your phone you know there's been a lot of talk about that right right it's it's user permissions so we we've allowed them to do that if you read the reams of um terms and conditions that all these apps have you will be aware of (laughs) which you never do because it's just it is literally reams of information thousands of lines um do you think it's a security threat, TikTok? I, I do, I do, and 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 people have said, well, how's this different from any other app that collects data? Uh, a, a couple of things. First of all, as you pointed out, Andrew, TikTok collects a lot more data than most apps, um, and then they also do the the biometrics face facial scanning. You know, so it's got facial recognition. And, uh, and, and, and it's asking for permission to use your microphone and your camera at any time. 
not just when you're doing, uh, you know, your TikTok uh, type of uh, videos. So once you sure. grant that permission, they can they can take all that stuff whenever they want it. And all of it goes to China. And China has a, a lower bar for accessing that data than the than Again, the well, US it's, one way, it's one way of putting it, Mark. Right, 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 right. And so, so that I think is the concern. Uh, honestly, I've downloaded apps before, um, particularly on non uh, non uh, iPhones, on Android phones, and, and and I downloaded a flashlight app, and it said, you know, user permissions. Do you grant permission for the um, uh, access to the microphone and the camera? I said, what is a flashlight? Need access to light, for God's sake. Yeah. So yeah, I you know, quickly deleted the app. Um, and so there, so there you go. But once again, it's a it's a social engineering problem because everyone's giving that permission, and and the government can't just step in really easily and tell consumers, hey, you can't use that app. Um, you know, in the government, they could say, hey, if you're in the military, you can't use it. If you're in certain agencies, maybe you can't use it, that kind of thing. But but to the rest of the public, they, they can't do it. And that goes back to Zuboff and the surveillance capitalism issue. Uh, all these tech companies have managed to, to, to uh, navigate um, a path in between law, culture, and societal norms uh, to, to extract troves of data that, that uh, no one could ever have foreseen. And they do it all you know, legally because it's extraordinarily hard to regulate in capitalist democratic societies. Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to end the podcast. I do want to ask question six, but um, Andrew needs to go. Sure. Um, so I'm going to end the podcast part. So, uh, Mark, what's the best way for people to find out more about you and what you're up to? Uh, come to our website, komarcyber.com, C-O-M-A-R, cyber.com, and uh, and reach out to us there. Uh, we're also on uh, LinkedIn and uh, Facebook, but yeah, yeah. komarcyber.com. I have all the links in the show notes, folks. So, Andrew, what's the best way for people to find out more about what you're up to and your thoughts? Bertha.ai and uh, at Army Palmer on Twitter, and uh, I'll communicate with anyone. I'm like that. That's great. We're going to continue the discussion after the show. I'm going to ask, um, I've got a question about Edward Snowden. I'm sure Mark is going to be very entertaining on his thoughts about Mr. Snowden. Um, you'll be able to see the whole interview plus the other couple of questions on the WP Tonic YouTube channel. Go over there and watch the whole interview and please subscribe to the channel. It really does help the podcast and WP Tonic and that's great. We'll see you soon next week. We've got another fabulous guest. We'll see you soon, folks. Bye. Hey, thanks for listening. We really do appreciate it. Why not visit the Mastermind Facebook group? And also to keep up with the latest news, click wp-tonic.com forward slash newsletter. We'll see you next time.